everybody. So today I'm going to talk about all of the books that I DNF'd in 2021. Um, I think that when this comes out, it's going to be like halfway through the year. So it's going to be like, why does this matter anymore? But whatever. Um, I just want to talk because I, I can't remember. I think I did this last year too. Um, I talked about like the books that I DNF'd or whatever, but I also feel like there was like a podcast I did where I talked about like all the books I loved and there was one where I talked about all the books I didn't love or something I don't know maybe I just had like a DNF podcast I don't really remember but I just there are a lot of books that I DNF'd I DNF'd 42 books in 2021 and so I feel like um if I have a place to put all of them and talk about all of them together collectively I can explain kind of what went wrong um and I don't know if there's like a theme to this or whatever I do have them kind of broken up into categories because I feel like that just makes it easier um so let's just get into it because I don't know (laughs) so the first little category I have is books that I was reading with the kids that we DNF for whatever reason so this is like a collective DNF Um, sometimes when we're reading a book, I can just tell they're not interested anymore or they've just lost focus or whatever. Typically we read books, I've said this a million times, but typically we read books at dinner. Um, and it sometimes takes us a while because kids have activities and things like that and whatever. So I try to only do it when all three of them are there because it's like, I don't want to read without them if they're like also invested in the book. Um, so sometimes we are not able to read like ever because they're not all home or whatever, but typically like if we sit down for dinner, um, and if they're all three able to be there, then I will read to them. I used to read picture books to them and then I sort of started doing a mixture of both. I was reading picture books and I was reading chapter books and now I pretty much just exclusively read chapter books. Um, Sometimes they have pictures in them. We really like the Nanny Piggins books and those like usually have like a picture every chapter. It's like every 20 pages or so. Um, But they, first of all, like it's a game changer. Like it should it should be fairly obvious that if you like sit down with the kids when they're eating that they will also sit down and eat um but i found it takes like an it to another level when you sit down with them and read to them because then they just sit there because they have something to do while they're eating and they're not interested in like running around the house or doing something crazy or whatever um last night we were getting ready for um one of them had a performance that she was in and so we were trying to eat really quickly and then I was going to go help her do her hair and we were going to leave. And so they were all kind of just being like wild animals and their dad walked in and was like, you guys are being like unruly. And it's so funny because like that is the reason why I sit down and read with them. Like I sit down and read to them at the table because it just gets them to just like sit down, calm down, eat their food and like focus instead of like being wild animals and like talking about poop and farts and butts and whatever and like all this other stuff like it just they will just sit down and they'll eat and like the oldest obviously will sit down and eat and whatever because he's eats like a 15 year old um but the other two will distract each other and bother each other and run around the house and 
want to play with toys and want to go like whatever and won't eat their food and will take 16 hours to eat and whatever and I found that this is the best way to get them to just like sit and eat and like it not take 17 hours for them to eat their food and whatever but anyway that was not necessary for what I'm about to talk about all these books but um I just have found that um reading to them really helps and chapter books have been really great. I think like probably when we go back to the summer, I'll probably include um, picture books as well because we read at like lunchtime, we'll read at dinner time, And um, I know that sometimes it's just good to have variety in your life. So I'll probably get picture books and stuff for that purpose or whatever. But um, anyway, so we read, I want to say in like maybe 2020 or at the beginning of 2021, we read a book called The Whole Nother Story by Cuthbert Soup, which I don't even think is his real name. I'm not really sure. But then there was a sequel. I think there were a couple books in the series, but it was another Whole Nother Story. And this has a 4.2 on Goodreads. So it has a very high rating. Um, But it was just like not as fun and entertaining. The first book, we were really entertained. It was about this guy who lost his wife and he was trying to make a time machine to like go back and rescue her or something and all these like government agencies wanted the time machine and so they were kind of always on the run and so they were always changing their names and they were dealing with a lot of crazy like villains and things like that and it was just like really entertaining but the second book felt very similar because they were still being followed by these people but um they like went back in time or something so it was a little bit less enjoyable I think for the kids while we were reading it and whatever so and it just also felt kind of like repetitive because it was a similar formula to the first one so I could just tell they weren't interested so we DNF'd it. The next one is The Trials of Morgan Crow by Jessica Townsend. This has a 4.33 on Goodreads and I've seen this like all over the place. I've seen all kinds of people talk about it on bookstagram like grown adults talk about it and everybody really likes it and I think that it is a book that I could read by myself or that I could read to Thomas or something like that. Um, but I could, I could just tell that they weren't super into it. I think it has like a lot of Harry Potter vibes and, um, I think that I probably would like it if I were reading it for myself in that regard. I started reading it by myself and then I was like, oh, this seems like something that the kids would like. So then I stopped and then I read it with them, but they just were not understanding the world. There was a lot of world building and it didn't feel like, especially the youngest, it didn't feel like they were really understanding what was going on and I was explaining things to them. So I think this is something that I could see potentially being a book that I read to like Thomas instead and we go through the series that way. I know Katie Colson is reading the series right now, so I'm curious to hear her thoughts about it. Because typically our thoughts are opposite, (laughs) so I will see what she says about it, and then potentially I'll read this in the future on my own, or I don't know, something like that. The next one is Aragon by Christopher Paolini. I don't know, ever know how to say his name. Um, It has a 3.98 on Good, or 3.92 on Goodreads, and the oldest, David and I read this, or tried to read this, um, I think... Either over the summer or when the school year first started or some some sort of something like that. And we were trying to read it together because it's a book series that is super popular. And it, I thought, would hold his attention because he's a boy and it's like dragons and it's like more whatever. I don't know. Um, this is like the only series that my brother like has ever read. My brother does not read and he really loved the series. So my brother and David both have similar interests. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is something we could try. And, um, it just, for both of us, we just were like, 
kind of slogging through it. Like I would read it and I would like kind of write down questions and then um, he would read it and it just felt like we were both kind of slogging through and not enjoying it. This is like a super popular series. So again, I'm having a boy maybe down the road if he's like, oh my God, I really want to read this series. Like we'll read it together. I don't know. But um, when I'm also trying to like juggle multiple children and I obviously am reading my own books and things like that, I don't want to read a book that is like a struggle if he's also not enjoying it. So we DNF'd it. The next one is Look Both Ways by Jason Reynolds. It has a 3.99 on Goodreads. And this is not necessarily bad. I love Jason Reynolds, um, like all of his books, every single one. And the writing was good, like the style was good, but it's basically just like mini stories in one story. And I think they all connect at some point, but it was really boring. And whatever, whenever we were reading it or whatever was happening at the time, like we were really busy, so we weren't reading it very often. And so it was like, God, we're still reading this book. Like the book wasn't even that long, but it just felt like it was going on forever. And it felt like we were never going to finish it. And so I just decided one day, I was like, I'm just taking this back to the library. Like we're just not enjoying it and we're just going to move on. So again, I love Jason Reynolds and there was nothing necessarily bad about the book. It's just, it just wasn't serving us for the time being. And then the last one I have is The Vanderbeekers of 141st Street by Karina Yan Glasser. It has a 3.99 on Goodreads. I didn't read this with the kids. I read this by myself because it was a Christmas book, but um, I ended up DNFing it because it very much is a book that like is for kids. It's about kids. Um, it's about a family that's being evicted and the kids are trying to stop their family from being evicted basically before Christmas. I think this is a book that the kids probably would like and it's a book that we could probably read together but um I got it like way too late in the season so I knew we wouldn't finish it until like probably February so it's like what was the point so potentially at the end of like this year maybe we could try um to read this or again I could see this being a book that I could read with Thomas or whatever um but I just was reading it and I was like this is too young for me I'm just not I just don't need this right now, so I DNF'd it. The next little category that I have is historical books. I only have two, so it's not very big. I don't typically try to read historical books, so this isn't usually a category that I have a problem with because I'm not reading that. Um, it's basically like books I fell into hype for and I knew I wouldn't enjoy. The first one is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. It has a 4.24 on Goodreads. I knew before I went into this that I wasn't going to like it because it was historical fiction and fantasy or historical fantasy, one of the two. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to like it, but I picked it up anyway because everybody on bookstagram, everybody everywhere was super obsessed with it. And so I figured it had to be good. There was something reading blah, blah, blah. There was something I would like about it. And, um, I was super bored. It was not enjoyable. I was not entertained and I DNF'd it. And I was mad at myself that I gave into the hype because I knew I wasn't going to like it. Um, I have since seen a lot of people talk about it, people that I follow on booktube and things like that, that also feel the same way that they were like, this book is not actually that good, like why does everybody like it? And that makes me feel a little bit better because I do feel sometimes when there are books like this that are such cult like phenomenons that everybody and their mom is like obsessed with, except for where the crowd had seen because I will never feel bad about that. But Typically, I feel like books like this, I'm like, there's something wrong with me because I didn't like it. Like, that's why I'm scared to read The Song of Achilles because I feel like I'm not going to like it because it is kind of historical. 
Um, I didn't like Circe by Madeline Miller. So I just feel like I'm not going to like the Song of Achilles and I'm going to be like the one person in the world that doesn't like it. So, and sometimes that's a bummer. Most of the time peer pressure and stuff doesn't bother me, but sometimes when I'm like, everybody else likes this book, what is wrong with me? But I have to push past that. I have to get over it. And then the other one is kind of the same thing. It's The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. It has a 3.85 on Goodreads. This is the first book in the Bridgerton series. So after the show came out on Netflix, I was kind of sucked in. I didn't even really like the show that much. I, like, it's just, you know, like old-fashioned sex, basically. I don't know. Um, I didn't like the show that much, but I did kind of get sucked in, I think, probably because I binged it very quickly. And so then I was like, well, I was like, it's based on a book, so I'm just going to go ahead. And I got maybe 20 pages in, and I was like, this is definitely not for me. It's one of those books, I think I said this before, but it's one of those books that, like, you would see your grandma reading. Um, It's, like, those mass paperback, like, there's, like, flowers on the cover or something. It's, like, a small little white book kind of thing. And I just, I knew I wasn't going to like it especially because it was historical fiction. It's like historical romance. But I still was like, well, I liked the show. And then I was like, what am I doing? And I know my friend Sarah, she went through and she read all of them and she like absolutely loved them. And she's really hype about it. She's really excited for the show to come back and all of that. But I just, historical is not my thing. And I'm amazed, honestly, that I even watched the show. Um, Kind of same thing with The Great on Hulu about Catherine the Great with um, Elle Fanning. My husband and I watched that together, and um, it's it's more because it's, like, really funny that we watch it, and it's kind of entertaining in that way and whatever. Um, I mean, he would watch it regardless for sure, but I typically don't like historical things like that, but because it's funny, I do. Um, Bridgerton is more like romance, and so it's a little bit harder for me to enjoy, but I definitely was just, like, forcing myself through hype because I was like, oh, my God, like, the show, and so then I was like, hey, I want to keep – keep reading about all this like historical romance and then I was like oh wait a minute historical no no I don't no I don't the next category that I have is it was slow like things were just super slow in the worst way and there was no way I was gonna slog through it because life is too short there are too many other books that I want to read so the first one is They Wish They Were Us by Jessica Goodman it has a 3.5 on Goodreads it was so so boring um I read barely any of it And in the very beginning, I was like, this guy is super sus. And then I looked it up and he's like the one that ended up being the murderer or something. And I was like, well, that was really like anticlimactic. So I'm not upset at all that I DNF'd it. The next one is A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. It has a 4.39 on Goodreads. I was really excited about this because I really love Nesta and I was excited for her story and whatever. But I don't love Sarah J. Mass. I don't like Sarah J. Mass's writing. I don't think the series is like this, like, oh my god, so amazing. I did like some of the books in the series, but as a whole, like, it is way too overhyped. And it is, I think, the reason why people love these books, I think the reason why people like Sarah J. Mass is because they like smut. I think that's honestly like what fuels people. And it gives you a little bit of like escapism because obviously it's about this, like, fantastical world it's not a real world and things like that so it's fun to just kind of pretend but also there's like all this like sex and stuff so you're just like oh super fun um but like she just she steals from a lot of things I I really feel I like she clearly the first book she stole from Beauty and the Beast like the other books it they feel like she has stolen a lot um from Leigh Bardugo and her Shadow and Bone trilogy 
and things like that. And then also I was listening to a podcast and somebody brought up the Black Cauldron and they were comparing a lot of things with the Black Cauldron. Her son is named the same name as I think the prince or something in the Black Cauldron. So she is very aware. There's no way she's not aware of the Black Cauldron and that story. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so I would have never connected the dots, but I'm really excited that someone did because um, I feel like she just kind of takes a lot from other things, which is fine. She She's heavily influenced by other people, and that's fine, but her her writing is dreadful. It is atrocious. She needs a better editor. It sucks so bad, and all of her books are so fucking long. They're all 800 pages, and that is so unnecessary. So I was reading it and this, this Court of Silver Flames, it's like the longest Akatar book. And I was like, I am so bored and this is so long and the writing is so bad and I'm just not enjoying it. So I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm done. And I honestly don't really regret anything. I watched a video of a girl I like on booktube and she was kind of talking about her reading experience, reading it because she really loves it. Um, and so I kind of got a little bit of the, like what happens in the book from her, um, and that's honestly enough for me. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. The next one is Tell Me When You Feel Something by Vicki Grant. This has a 3.44 on Goodreads. I was reading this on NetGalley. NetGalley is not the place for me to read books. I don't typically like ebooks, although I feel like I've been reading a lot of ebooks lately, but I don't typically like ebooks and NetGalley's format just sucks. There's just not a nice way to read a book on NetGalley and I'm sure there's a way to connect it to your Kindle. I just never figured it out. So, um, or your Kindle app, because I don't use a Kindle, I just read them on my phone, but whatever. So there was nothing like super wrong with this book. I was just kind of bored and it was just difficult because of the medium I was reading it. So I DNF'd it. The next is All American Muslim Girl by Nadine Jolie Courtney. This is a 3.95 on Goodreads. This was fine. It felt slow and it felt very similar to, um, I think, Something Great or Someone Great or something by Melissa De La Cruz. I had read that, um, I guess honestly not recently, I probably read it a while ago, but it was very similar where like this girl who is not just white, um, in this situation she was Muslim, in the other situation she was Hispanic or something, um, and like she's dating like a politician's son or something and it's causing problems and whatever and it just felt like a very repetitive storyline to me so I was just not really into it. Um, and it also felt like very young, young adults, so I DNF'd it. The next one is Amy and Isabel by Elizabeth Street. This is a 3.86 on Goodreads. It was very slow, it was very dense, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I think that if, um, you read the synopsis and it sounds like something you're interested in and you can handle really dense, really, really wordy books, like, I think it would probably be a good book because I've seen a lot of reviews just talk about how just like impactful it is, but I couldn't do it. The next one is The Art of Crash Landing by Melissa DiCarlo. It has a 3.73 on Goodreads. If I ever were to finish this, I think it would have been good, but it was very, very slow and I was bored and I DNF'd it. The next one is The Night When No One Had Sex by Kalina Miller. It has a 4.09 on Goodreads. This is another NetGalley situation where I was reading it and the format was just too much for me and I just wasn't enjoying it enough to continue. I didn't think it was that great. It was a book that probably would have been fine if I was listening to it as an audiobook or if I was reading it physically or whatever, but because of the medium, I was just like, nope, I'm not into it. The next one is The Right Swipe, the right swipe by Alicia Ray. It has a 3.66 on Goodreads. Um, romance is just not my thing. 
And this was a book about like a miscommunication or whatever, like a miss, I think it's like a miscommunication trope. I think that's what people call it. Um, and I am finding that I hate that because it's always something really stupid. And typically enemies to lovers have this as well, where it's like the reason why they hated each other for so long was a misunderstanding. And it's like, oh, okay. So you've just like been hating this person for like years and could have been, if not friends, just like coexisting in a nicer way. But instead you just like, didn't try to solve a simple solution, like didn't try to solve a problem simply or whatever um so that's what happens with this there's like a misunderstanding and like that's gonna drag out throughout the whole book and you find out the misunderstanding right away so it's not even like you don't know what happened so I was like no thanks the next one is what Alice forgot by Leanne Moriarty it has a 4.07 um Leanne Moriarty is hit or miss for me either her books are super juicy and captivating and I am like in it and I am like speeding through it even though it's like 400 pages or it's like super slow super boring super dense and I'm just like what is the point and that was the situation with this book where I felt like I was like still pretty far into it and like the 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 plot of the story hadn't even started yet and it was like just still building up to it and so I was like no thanks I can't do it the next one is Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune it has a 4.27 on Goodreads um I probably should have just had a category that said NetGalley because this was the same situation. I was reading it on NetGalley and it was taking me forever because of the medium. And then I eventually got the audiobook because I got the NetGalley book like super early and I was really excited about it and I felt really special that I was given. TJ Klune kind of blew up because of The House of Miss Brilliancy. And so to get Under the Whispering Door early, I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I'm a celebrity. This is great. And I think that I just like couldn't get through it because of the medium. And then it came out. That's how long it was taking me to get through it. It was like two or three months. And finally it came out. And so I was listening to it as an audiobook. And I was just like, I've been reading this book for so long. I just don't care anymore. And I'm sure it's great. But even The House in the Cerulean Sea, I felt like I had to push through. I feel like it was great. And I'm glad I read it. And I feel like it was, you know, definitely deserving of all four stars. But I did have to push myself through it. And I don't feel like you should have to push yourself through books if they're good. Um, Again, I don't know how to explain this because it was very good and it was very deserving of four stars. But I pushed myself through it. And I think I would have done the same thing with this. And I think ultimately the message and like what the book is saying is probably great. And it probably would be another four star read for me. But I would have had to push myself through it. And I was so tired of doing that because I've been doing it for months that I was like, no, I'm done. I can't do it. The next one is The Afterlife of Holly Chase by Cynthia Hand. This is a 3.89 on, or 3.98 on Goodreads. And this was totally fine. It was just very slow. And it's kind of an older book. I think it's like maybe like 10 years old or something. And um, I feel like it was just very... The, the girl is a teenager and she just talked like a teenager from the 2000s. Like she was just very hard to read it just wasn't enjoyable I also don't really care about well that's not true because I did enjoy it's it's like a retelling of the Christmas Carol and I do like a Christmas Carol so I don't know what I was trying to say because I was about to say I don't care but I don't know I just I think it was interesting it was like an interesting concept but I was just bored and so I didn't have to The next one is You've Reached Sam by Dustin Thau. It's a 3.97 on Goodreads. This is very similar to um, what Alice forgot, where I think the concept is probably great, and I was, like, into it, but, like, the buildup was so long. And, like, 
I was several hours or something into the audiobook and I was like, oh my God, like when is this? And I realized it was just going to be the same thing for the whole book. And so I was like, no, I'm out. I'm sure it's probably great, but I just couldn't do it. The next one is Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. It has a 4.11 on Goodreads. It's just arguably a long, boring ass book. Like I have read the abridged version. I love the abridged version. Um, I don't know if that's just like men for children or what, but I really love that version of the book. And I was reading this and I was like, why is there so much extra garbage thrown in here? Because none of it's necessary. There's There were a couple of things that I appreciated getting a little bit of backstory and getting a little more information about. But as a whole, I was so incredibly bored and I was forcing myself through. I'm not going to get rid of it just yet. I'm still holding on to it. I got literally halfway through. It's like part one and part two. I got all the way through part one. I'm so close (laughs) and I was like I'm done so at maybe some point in the future I will try but it is just it is a freaking lot and the last one in this category is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston it's a 4.10 it's like Groundhog's Day the same thing happens over and over it's just repetitive it's just like a lot my mom read this and she was like I don't understand what your problem is because it was pretty good and I was like no I can't do it It was like 400 pages of just the same thing over and over and over again. I really enjoyed the back characters, like the side characters. I really enjoyed their, you know, whatever to the book. But the main storyline I was just not invested in and I was so bored and I was ready to just like hop off the train. So I did. The next category of books is books that I was just not interested in. For whatever reason. So the first one is Blood and Honey by Shelby Meharan. It has a 3.58. I really love Serpent and Dove. Like it took me probably 100 pages to get into that book. It's a fairly large book as well. But once I got to the part where like it started getting good. It got very good and I really really enjoyed it. But this book it was maybe it fell to the second book curse. I don't know. But it was just so boring and the characters split up which is what happens in second books and I wasn't enjoying it anymore the characters weren't enjoyable and it just felt like I was going to be like forcing myself through a very long book for no reason um I've heard a little bit about the book in like since I've DNF'd it and I've heard it's like kind of the same thing and then there's a third book and it almost is like there was no reason for there to be a third book so I'm kind of glad with my decision like I'm just gonna keep it like Serpent and Dove is like a standalone book even though it doesn't end nicely we'll just pretend that it does. The next one is One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. This is a 3.93 on Goodreads. This was supposed to be a book I read for body positivity prompt and this is not body positive. This was so infuriating. It's about this girl who is like plus size and she gets on The Bachelor because she complains about how there's no real regular people on The Bachelor, which is true. Um, But I will say nobody's going to watch The Bachelor if it's not like all these like attractive, good looking people. And it's not all of these people like you're not watching it for reality. Like you're watching it for the fantasy and like the stupid like whatever. And like, you know, the same case could be made for the fact that they don't have like a girl going on there to find um, a woman to be it's like a bachelorette where she's dating lesbians like they're like it's it's the same thing like people will not watch it and that's why um they also I that's probably also a huge reason why there have not been a lot of black leads because 
the people that watch that show are like white old women or like white old white women in general and like whatever and they just like they want to see themselves and they want to see like this hunky man with these pretty girls and that's it and they, they don't care like they don't care about inclusivity and diversity they just don't care and so that was the situation it was like a bachelor style show and this girl was like tweeting and bitching about how they don't put regular people on there and so they're like okay like let's put you on there and then like it just there were so many problems with the book where she was like none of these people would actually date me in real life and it's like well then what did you want because you're going on a show that is definitely not real life this is not how people meet this is not how people typically act these people are acting in a certain way because they're being portrayed on tv so it's like what do you want like you can't have it all the ways that you want it it just doesn't work that way and I just felt like she was a hypocrite. There were situations where, um, you know, she's supposed to be super body positive and whatever, but like she would only post pictures that made her look good in a certain light or from a certain angle or with certain clothes on or whatever. And like, she didn't like when pictures were being posted of her from another, like whatever. And like, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't want someone to post a picture of me that I don't feel like I look good in either. But, um, like just this like message that like it's like fine and like she's an influencer and it's like whatever but then like you're not like I know it's like redundant at this point like the influencers that are like no filter no makeup no whatever and they're like this is what real life looks like and whatever but like that is a thing that you have to also be able to do is to like be seen as real and to be seen without the filter without the good angles without the good lighting without the whatever and if you can't break those walls down then you're not actually helping the situation and so it didn't feel like she was actually comfortable with herself and she was actually comfortable with being plus size she was actually comfortable with um even like the job that she did and so it was just like what the fuck so I didn't have to and also like the whole romance situation um just like didn't seem like it got any better I had my husband like read the end of it or something or get to the point of like whatever and he was like this is awful so I don't feel bad at all about DNFing it DNFing it (laughs) um the next one is admission by Julie Buxbaum it's a 3.57 on Goodreads I really like Julie Buxbaum but I realized when I was reading it that it's just the college admission scandal and I don't care about the college admission scandal I just don't I have opinions about it I guess but I just didn't I didn't need to read a fake story about it because I already saw how it played out. So I DNF'd it. The next one is Scarlet by Marissa Meyer. It has a 4.25 on Goodreads. This is the second book in the Lunar Chronicles, which I read a long time ago. I think I DNF'd this book once before and I was trying to read it again. And I just realized I just don't care. And I think if I would have read these when I was in middle school or something like that, I think I would have really liked them. But at this juncture, I just don't, I just, I just don't care. The next one is The Echo Wife by Sarah Gailey. It has a 3.65. I do not like the main character in this book and there was this whole situation where she was upset that her husband left her for like a clone of her but like her husband wanted kids and she didn't and I think that's a hard thing. Um, I don't necessarily think that either of them are wrong. She's not wrong for not wanting kids. He's not wrong for wanting kids but I do think she's wrong for him being upset that she left her because he wants kids. Like I, I just... I don't know and as someone who was struggling with infertility for so long it was just like um some people want to be able to have kids and if they can't that's very devastating for them so I just didn't I couldn't relate to her and I didn't like it the next is these witches don't burn by Isabel Sterling it's a 3.76 on Goodreads it felt really silly to me it felt super like immature and whatever and I just 
I'm not like a witchy woo-woo sort of person. So it was like set in modern times and it was like these people are witches and it's just regular and I just didn't like the way that it was done. So I was not into it. The next is The Hunting Party by Lucy Foley. It has a 3.66 on Goodreads. This felt just too similar to An Unwanted Guest by Sherry Lapina. So I DNF'd it and I actually accidentally spoiled it for myself. Like I saw who the killer was. So then I was like, oh fuck. And so then I just was like, whatever. The same thing can be said by about One by One by Ruth Ware, which has a 3.79 on Goodreads. It also felt very similar to An Unwanted Guest. Um, I ended up reading it and I ended up actually liking it enough. Like it was okay. It wasn't great. Sherry Lapina did it better, but um, it, it was very similar, and so I was justified in DNFing it, and that's why I did DNF it, but I ended up reading it this year, and I liked it, so it's whatever. Then I have Sloppy First by Megan McCafferty. It has a 3.95 on Goodreads. Um, this one was just, I was reading it for like the Gilmore Girls vibe sort of situation, and I was reading it on my computer because it was an ebook. It was a long story, but I just didn't care and it just felt very young young adult so I was like whatever and I just DNF'd it. I Hate Everyone But You by Gabby Dunn and Alyssa Raskin has a 3.5. This was kind of the same thing. I have zero memories of this honestly. Um, I was also reading it for the Gilmore Girls thing and I just I don't know I got bored. I don't know. I don't really know what happened. It ends with us by Colleen Hoover 4.44. I hate this book so much and I hate that people love this book and she just announced that she's coming out with a sequel or a prequel or something. I guess a prequel because it's about the first guy or whatever but I absolutely hated this book. I thought it was so stupid. It was so disgusting. It was so cringy. I just didn't like it and it makes me so angry that everybody loves it so much but it is what it is. I DNF'd it. The next book is The Dinner Guest by B.P. Walter. It has the 3.7 on Goodreads. Um, I received this book early on NetGalley, and it kind of suffered the same NetGalley curse. <laughs> I was reading it, and then it was just, like, slow, and it was just not working for me, and so I just DNF'd it. The next one is The Cousins by Karen M. McManus. It's a 3.81. I think I just realized that I don't like anything by Karen M. McManus. I just don't like her books. I think they're all very stereotypical. I think that she falls into, like, tropes, like, way too easily, and it just wasn't enjoyable. The next is The Singles Game by Lauren Weisberger. It's a 3.5. I love Lauren Weisberger. I typically like her books, or I think that they're decent enough. They're, like, a fun time. But this one was about tennis, and it was very much about tennis, and I just couldn't get into it, so I DNF'd it. The next one is Ariadne by Jennifer Saint. It has a 3.83 on Goodreads. I got this as my Book of the Month book for one month, and I was excited because I thought it looked very interesting, and it was Greek mythology, and I realized I just didn't care. And also... I read a lot of reviews that talked about how it basically tells Ariadne's story from the point of view of a bunch of men. And I was like, well, that's fucking lame. So I DNF'd it. The next one is Bunny by Mona Awad. It has a 3.56 on Goodreads. I read this because it's Katie Colson's like favorite book and it was super fucking weird. Um, the writing is also like very purple. It is very wordy. It is very like, it is very fucking wordy. And I was forcing myself through it because I was like she loves this book I have to do it and then it got really weird and they were turning bunnies into men and there was all this weird cult weird I don't know how many times I can say the word weird but it was just very weird and bizarre and I just was not into it the next one is the husbands by Chandler Baker it 
has a 3.54 on Goodreads. I really, really liked The Whisper Network by Chandler Baker. So I was really excited that she came out with another book. But this book infuriated me because of the relationship that the woman had with her husband. It's supposed to be like some sort of Stepford Wives in reverse situation where like the women actually run the house and have the power and call the shots and whatever. But the woman, the main character in the beginning, she was just like so like bothered by her husband not helping and like not contributing and like she worked like arguably like a harder job or like more hours or whatever and like he wasn't picking up the slack and she was still having to do all this stuff. And then on top of that, like it really bothered me that they were having this problem and then they were having another kid on top of that. Like they already had a kid and she's pregnant on top of that. And I was like, ma'am, like you cannot have another kid before solving these problems. And I was just kind of annoyed. So I DNF'd it and I've heard mixed things about it, but I'm not really bothered that I didn't finish it. The next one is the holiday swap by Maggie Knox. It has a 3.63 on Goodreads. This was perfectly fine. It was like the typical, like twin swap situation but I was annoyed because these women were grown adults and they both entered basically were entering into relationships with guys lying to them and neither of the guys would have given a shit if they explained their secret that they swapped with their twin and I think it honestly would have been better if they would have told them in the beginning and I was just reading chapter after chapter of them lying and I was like this seems weird. You're an adult. Act like an adult. And I just didn't like it. And then the last one is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. It has a 4.08. This was so incredibly boring. And the relationship went from enemies to lovers in like five seconds. And I don't understand why people like this so much. And I have to imagine it is simply for the sex scenes. Like I have to imagine that's the reason why people like this book. And I don't even think I got to the sex scenes. But there's no there's no book to this book, so I, I don't really understand why people like it so much. And then the last category I have is Try Again, which I actually already tried one of these again, so that's funny. Um, I guess I'll talk about that one first. <laughs> I read Cinderella, well, I DNF'd Cinderella is Dead by Kaylin Byron. Um, it is a 3.73 on Goodreads. I think I was in a reading slump when I read this the first time, and that's why I DNF'd it, but then I actually just reread it as again, and I tried to get through it, and it was just so slow, and the, the buildup was taking so long, and ultimately, it's like these people trying to escape this, like, bad, like, situation when, like, that's, like, descendants of Cinderella, there's, like, this ball where people find their, like, husband and, like, whatever, and it's, like, a very, like, not great sort of situation or whatever, but I was like, oh my god, like, this... This is going to be like 10 more hours of them just like trying to escape this situation. And I was just like, no, I can't do it. The cover is stunning. I cannot say enough things about this cover. And I, it makes me so sad that I'm not going to finish this book because I just want to, I just want to like own this book. It's so pretty. Um, but it was, this is my second time DNFing it now. And I just, I can't get through it. The other one is Punching the Air by E.B. Zoboy and Yusuf Salam. It has a 4.48 on Goodreads, which is actually the highest out of all of these. It has the highest um, star rating on Goodreads. This one, I have every intention of picking back up. It is told in verse, and so when I was listening to it, it was just going by too fast, I think. I listened to books at two point, or like two times speed or something, so I felt like it was just going by too fast, and I wasn't retaining anything, and I think this would have been the same if I read, if I listened to The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo as an audiobook, I think I would have had the same problem where I wouldn't have like retained anything, because when you're listening to a book in verse, when you're reading a book in verse, it goes by very quickly, 
Um, and so then listening to it and listening to it on 2.5 speed or two times speed, I was like, um, what's happening? What are we doing? What's going on? So I plan on getting it from the library. I plan on reading it as an actual book and I'm sure I will enjoy it. Um, I forgot to mention the book that had the lowest rating, which was Tell Me When You Feel Something by Vicki Grant It is 3.44. So that book was the lowest, but honestly, the lowest being a 3.44, like, they're all still three and above, so um, none of these books are bad, according to Goodreads. They are just books that I didn't love. So those are all the books that I DNF'd in 2021. Um, I'm sure I will have a longer list in 2022 because I'm I'm trying to be more and more ruthless. I, I think it just depends because if I'm reading books that I actually want to read instead of trying to give into hype and like forcing myself to read something I'm not interested in, like I think like theoretically my DNF should go down, but I also just, I really want to just focus on reading books that I enjoy. And so if I'm reading a book or I'm listening to a book or whatever, and I am not enjoying it, then I just need to stop. And I need to, if that's at six pages, if that's one hour in, if that's seven hours in, like whatever the situation is, like I just need to put it down if it's not serving me. And it's something I have to keep reminding myself and it's something I feel bad about every single time, but I just need to do it because there are so many books in the world. I just had a conversation with my nanny kid about he is like trying to get me and I did. You can go back. I read three of the first volumes of One Piece, it's his favorite manga series. I read three of them. I didn't like them. They were not for me. Um, but he, almost every single day of life, is trying to get me to read them and just keep going. And just once you get past, like, the 15th book or something, it's great. And I'm like, no! No! There are so many books in the world that I don't have time to read and I will never get to. And I like I could just live in a library and not do anything and never come up for air. And I would still not have enough time to read all the books that I want to read. So it doesn't make any sense to me to read something that I'm not enjoying, that's not serving me, that I don't like, whatever. It doesn't matter if other people like it. It doesn't matter if it's a classic. It doesn't matter if it's something that I should like. It doesn't matter if it's something that is well-written. It doesn't matter if it's something that is fantastic. If it's not working for me, then I shouldn't force myself to read it. So um, we'll see how many books I end up DNFing this year. I don't know why saying the word DNF when you add it like DNFing when you like make it a thing, but when you make it a verb or whatever, I don't know why I like scramble that word. I want to say DFing or something. I don't know. Maybe I'll just change how you say it. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so until next time, friends, ciao!